0: Um, okay, Mrs. C, I, I got some good news and I got some bad news for you. Mm. Now, the the good news is, like I said, I you know I'm, I'm, I'm out of therapy, um, that, uh, it, it was bad, but I'm okay. I'm back. I'm back on the show. Everything's cool. So we can have our boner again. Yes. A, yes. But there's a problem. Uh-oh yeah um when we when we did the talk for pound of flesh well dave had a lot to say and well you know how your husband gets so oh um, yeah um we have we're doing the opening of the show and we have a very short time so we need to we need we need to power boner
1: okay is do you have some lotion or anything yes we might get chapped
0: oh no no trust me i've got the astro glide we are good to go (laughs) Good. But first off, I just got to say right off the bat, holy fuck, Max.
1: I cried. Did you cry?
0: I, oh, well, here's the thing. Um, I cried. Oh, I did. I'm Yeah. Well, what got me was the very end, the very end of the episode. I, I was cool for the entire episode, the whole ending, but like the last <laughs> shot was what did it to me. Yeah. But um, here's the thing. What I thought they did so brilliantly was they set you up to think he was going to die a completely different way.
1: Exactly. I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, no, he's got a pacemaker. But that was a MacGuffin.
0: Yes. As soon as they said the Pacemaker, I'm like, okay, maybe he's not going to die. That explains the tag. That explains everything. Maybe Mm -hmm. he's not. But then as soon as it got into that last, the the climax of that episode, I was like, Uh, nope, I know where this is going, motherfucker.
1: La, 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 (laughs) la. I wanted Max to hide me in the basement, too.
0: (laughs) Uh, I mean, it didn't. It didn't, I mean, it was weird. I mean, we knew he was going to die, but we didn't know he was going to die that way.
1: Or that soon. I wasn't expecting it. What was this, the fourth or fifth episode?
0: Um, well, wait a minute. Okay, the last one that we watched, the last one was Grief and the Girl, right?
1: No, Grief and the Girl is after this one.
0: No, no, but I mean the last one that aired was Grief and the The Girl,
1: The very last one is Grief and the Girl, yeah. Okay, and and that's
0: episode um, eight, so he died in episode seven.
1: Seven. Still, that's very that's very early.
0: Well, they did it before the final four.
1: They did. See, I thought the funeral was going to be in the final four.
0: The wedding. Well, it's going to be, they're going to focus on the wedding. I'm telling you. It's going gonna, it's it's gonna gonna to be, gonna be a happy ending. I think so. I th- I really do think that after 12 years, they're going to give, they're not going to pull a castle and they're going to give these characters a happy ending.
1: I wanted to punch the new showrunner so bad on that. Oh.
0: Now, now I got to tell you, my mom, who is a huge castle watcher, I am not. I admit it. Mm-hmm. I am not. But my mother, who watched the show religiously, she actually didn't mind the ending. She liked the fact that it gave – it allowed you to interpret it however you wanted to. So they, mom, mom decided to interpret it that they, that they escaped and that they did live their lives. That's how she chose to interpret it. I'm like, hey, good for you. Okay.
1: They actually showed that, though.
0: Oh, well, see, she also thinks that some people are like, she thought that you could also interpret it that, you know, that's what they are thinking about while they're lying, they're dying.
1: Oh, I didn't really, I took it as face value. Okay. I was angry. I was mad. I was like, no, this is stupid.
0: Understood.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But that's, that's that's not even, Nathan's not even there.
0: Right. But I mean, but but we know, we know that Boreana's and, and, and the, and the lovely Mistace Chanel aren't going to pull that.
1: Oh, they uh, – no, they won't. Hart Hansen I think still has a hand in the show, so.
0: Mm, mm. Okay.
1: I think Andrew Marlowe just sort of let it go and went, whatever. But <laughs> back to Bones.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: Um, no, I, I – that – Max said that I did not like that. And then to see that the grief in the girl – had sully in it and i was like oh, oh. no and okay and that I, there was a rift between i was like don't don't you do it i didn't don't think you they'd you do there. it
0: i genuinely did not think that they would go that route and now, okay now did you recognize sully right off the bat
1: no he cut his hair
0: okay okay so
1: sully, no. i remember had shaggy hair
0: when he first pops up, before they said his name, I'm sitting there going, I recognize him from something, and I don't know from what. And then they said the name Sully, and I'm like, why do I know that name? And then it clicked in, and then I started going, oh, bad juju. Don't,
1: don't, don't, don't. Um, I like but the I continuity like... with Sully. Yes. Because he said he wanted to open a sandwich shop, and he did.
0: And I did like the fact that they didn't go the way that they could have gone. That well, they kind of already went that route with Angela and the photographer. They kind oh, yeah, of already did right. that, so like, it makes sense why they wouldn't do it here. Yeah, but yeah. still, I mean, I, I totally, I totally thought that. Like when he we had a little twins, yes, little... yes, exactly. Um... We started
1: giving the shade. <laughs>
0: so um any other real thoughts on this group of episodes before we st- before we give our thoughts or predictions or anything for the final four
1: um all i want to say is the last episode the grief of the girl I, when greg evigan showed up i thought oh there's our killer
0: <laughs> but it wasn't
1: him <laughs> i know it was his daughter i was like oh a star of sorts <laughs>
0: i thought um, i know i thought all right you guys wait to listen to us see they're listening <laughs> I think they are that's, they what we always use, that's what we always used to say in the mike and ike days we'd do a piece and then something would change and we go i know they're not listening but we're gonna say they are
1: that's <laughs> <laughs> true yeah that was my only thing i was like that's greg up again doing a newfoundland accent
0: <laughs> wait a minute wait a minute hang on seriously mm-hmm. I didn't recognize yeah. him. Oh no! I got to go that rewatch was, that.
1: That was Greg Evigan. That was Greg Evigan, the dad with the whose daughter was right. Ex, yeah, oh that my was God. Greg Evigan.
0: I have to go rewatch that now. Holy, crap. it's hard to recognize
1: him. He didn't have a, a bear with him.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. All right. All if he had right. bear,
1: you would have been like, oh,
0: or or Paul Reiser, or both.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's right. I'd forgotten about oh. my two dads.
0: Oh, man. Oh, and real, real, real fast before we get to the theme song. Uh, as I said to your husband, fuck you for going to the Mystery Science Theater premiere.
1: I, I, not <laughs> now, my fault.
0: I know you didn't my, go, I know you didn't go to the, he's, uh, now, um, hubby did say, the after party. You, you will hear this. You didn't get to go to the Rockin' After Party, as you're going to hear him say shortly, but
1: no, um, I without,
0: didn't. without telling and us I didn't what get to the sit movie with him. was, without telling us what the movie was, because I know they yeah, said we're to not allowed a secret. How was NDA? it? How was
1: it? It was really good. It was really good. I'm not going to tell you what the movie was, but oh. I think uh, jo- Jonah and um, Baron and uh, Hamilton, Franklin. I don't know the other guy's name. I know it's like a presidential old founder's name. Okay. Um They did really, really well. I really enjoyed their interplay as, as the host and the bots. Okay. All right. It was. Patton. I really enjoyed that, and Patton was really good, and uh, it's a lot of fun visually. It's really, it's, it's, it's cool.
0: All right, that and, and massive congratulations. I'm seriously jealous that you guys got to go.
1: Like I said, it was first. I my husband was going on a date with a, a guy that we knew from the MST boards on AOL. Right. And then all of a sudden, I get a ticket. I'm like what, am I going on a date too? He goes, no, you're just, you just going to the movie. You're just going to the movie. I'm going to the after party. I'm like, oh, okay. Wait, I'm not going to sit with you guys even? Nope, you're not sitting with us. But you got to go. I got to go and I saw Josh. I actually oh, spoke with him. Oh,
0: nice. Oh, that's cool. I,
1: Yeah, got, I was in the line. I was like, excuse me, is this the, and he turns around and he goes, yeah. And so I go, Josh. And he goes, yeah. So this is the VIP line. He goes, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. I went, okay, I'm over on this line then.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, that is awesome. Well, okay, um, I will speak to you in two weeks for two the weeks. next two episodes. Yes, for the, the final two. Well, the the first two of the final four. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. If
1: if, if this was a Top Chef thing, this they would be going into the final the finals.
0: That is very true, and it would be an, and it would be two hour and a half um, grand specials. But now, ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned for the theme and me yelling at her husband for this exact same thing.
1: Only more meanly.
0: Slum, slum, slum. Slumgullion
1: We've got
0: season 2 of the Slumgullion Jeff and Scott still host the Slumgullion I still don't know what that word
1: means
0: Do 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 Slumgullion,
1: we still got some guests on the
0: Slumgullion, we're not showing breasts on the Slumgullion, should probably fade on the Slumgullion. Good afternoon, evening, morning ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the Slumgullion Americans Only Podcast. I am your host Jeff Hall, and that is right. I am back three hours behind me in time. Is Scott five hours ahead of me in time? Is special guest former Geek Planet Overlord and current doer of something, which I will ask him about in a minute. Dave Proberg. But first, I just got out of Logan.
2: Um. <laughs> okay.
0: Um. I. 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 As I said to Scott, I was. I was talking to him. As I was coming home, yeah, I, I, I just walked out of the theater, and I, I have a couple of very non-spoiler things that I need to say. Okay. Um, I'm assuming that both of you want to see the film, yes?
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, at some point, yes. Yep.
0: Okay, all right. Um. Okay, as non-spoilery as possible. Um, this is not a comic book film. Okay. I, I, I would not call this a superhero film. Um... Whatever you think this is, it is not it. Um, this movie grabs you by the balls from the first five minutes and, and, and does not let you go. Um, to quote to quote "wolverine fans." This is the Wolverine film that people have been asking for for years, but it comes at a price because it is an emotional kick in the balls. right.
3: Holding balls and kicking balls, I yes. think that's. I think you get a red card for that.
0: I don't care. Um, it's it's. I'm, I'm drained.
3: <laughs> you had to chew your own balls off just to get out of the theater.
0: I am, but it, it's in. in I, I I don't know when I'll see it again. I probably, I definitely won't see it again in the theater. Me, I mean, I'll definitely oh. buy it. I will oh. own it because I think it's a brilliant fucking film. Um. If this if it does not get I know it's not going to get nominations and it should because the comic book film, the comic book um, genre is going to be a stigma. And that is a goddamn shame because this is not a comic book movie at all. This it's something it's it's Suicide
3: Squad. Suicide Squad is an Oscar-winning film now.
0: That is very true. So I can hope, and I and as much as I love Suicide Squad, Logan deserves like. I want. I I would highly. I would go for Best Picture. I would go for Best Actor and Supporting. Hell, I would give the chick who plays X twenty three Best Supporting Actress.
3: He'll probably get like Best Beard.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, anyway, sorry, I had to get that out. Monsieur Probert, former Geek Planet Overlord and excellent Cary Grant impersonator. That's right, we remember.
2: (laughs) I was never excellent.
0: (laughs) Oh, I thought you were, and so did some other people. Deal with it. So, what have you got going on now, sir?
2: Uh, well, um, basically, I'm, I'm still continuing with Twice as Bright, Half as Long, which is my podcast I do with Ian Wilson, where we rewatch shows that lasted no longer than two seasons.
0: And, oh, if, nice. and, if, and if any of our people want to find that, where can they find that? Uh,
2: they can find that at earth2.net, which is uh, the, the fine people there who I, I was doing in sort of kind of co-production with Geek Planet insofar that I was the Geek Planet component, but as I'm... Sort of uh, no longer affiliated with that fine organization. It, it is essentially now just a, an Earth Two podcast. But yes, Earth Two dot net for all your uh, other podcasting needs as well. But yeah, it's been uh, like last year we did uh, Twin Peaks in its entirety over the course course of the year because so last to do it.
0: Are you excited for season three? Uh,
2: yeah, I, 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 I think sort of rewatching season two sort of last year. I think because c- we were doing it with a kind of a critical eye for the podcast as well. I think it, it really kind of hits home how the middle of season two kind of loses its way before it kind of gets its mojo back
3: in the last few episodes.
2: Right, right, right. So, yeah, it's, it's oh, going to be does it really?
3: Oh, yeah. I, 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 it, it lost me. It lost me in the middle of season two, and I never came back. So. Oh, no,
0: the last like... couple of episodes are phenomenal.
3: Yeah, I'd, I'd
2: say, like, the last four or so. Yeah. Um, basically, sort of, Lynch went away doing other things for a bit. Yeah, Yep, yeah, and he came back and sort of the house was on fire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they it's switched it's sort of like that, that um, gif of uh, Troy from Community when he comes back with a pizza that tends to get used as sort of Hi, guys, I'm back. <laughs>
0: the thing that amazes me about this Twin Peaks revival, the thing that I'm most excited for, and I rem- when I first started hearing about this, I remembered this from the finale, and I'm pretty sure it's in the final episode. Dave, you may remember this. Isn't it in the final episode, in the Red Room, when um, Ghost Audrey actually says, I'll see you in 25 years? Yes, it is. And now, 25 years later, we're getting the revival. <laughs> I mean, that is, it, it, that's it pretty is fucking cool. Pretty damn ambitious. you got to take, got to take that,
3: you know, your hat off to the audacity of it. I Somebody, mean, some people will go really far out of their way to avoid a breach of promise suit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I am actually, I am actually paying extra on my um, cable for two months to get Showtime for two months so I can watch this as it airs. Cool. I'm. I am. I'm taking the plunge. I am that excited because yeah, I agree with you. It does, rewatching the series. Uh, yeah, the middle of the middle of season two does get kind of meh. But I remember watching that show when it first aired, and I watched it all the way through, just going ah. And that final episode, I was so pissed off. Yeah. I I cannot wait to see how they resolve that fucking cliffhanger.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be. <laughs> Very interesting to see sort of like you know, where that goes, what they address. if they choose to address it I wouldn't put it above David Lynch to go, yeah well yeah that's all done with doing this now.
0: You have a valid point, and by the <laughs> way, speaking of Twin Peaks real fast and Scott i don't know if I talked to you about this or not. Um, there is a video on the youtubes it 's a nine minute video of David Lynch doing brand new interviews with Laura Palmer. Leland Palmer, and I can't think of the mother's name. Uh, Sarah. Sarah Palmer. And yes, Laura and Leland are dead, and he talks to them as dead people, and they talk about being dead. <laughs> You may, and it's only funny for a couple of minutes, but then it gets really dark and very blue velvet, velvetean, and this one nine-minute little thing made me made me even harder for this Twin Peaks revival. Well, i have to see if I can seek that out then. It's on YouTube. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Um, it was done, I believe, like nine months ago or so. But, um, usually the gif, that I, the thumbnail that I've seen for it is a, like, the re- the red curtains of the Red Room and Sarah. Sure. If you want to hunt that video down. Yeah, I do recommend it because it's, it's really fucking messed up. So, um, Scott. Yes. Anything you would like to throw out?
3: Uh, yeah. A couple things. Um... One is uh, the Batman, the director, the new director of Batman.
0: Is it official? Do we have one now?
3: What I heard is that this is official. Matt Reeves, who directed uh, Cloverfield, and I think the first two entries in the Planet of the Apes reboot
0: know, second uh, has third. signed on. Oh, no, it was first and Second, second. i I'm sorry, you're right. Was it? F- no, it was okay. second and third. He, uh, shut up. Okay.
3: So, okay.
0: It was first and third.
3: He signed out to direct Ben Affleck's solo Batman movie. Now, here's here's my point. Here's my question, really. Uh, How long will he last? I'm guessing not as long as Zack Snyder, but twice as long as your average Flash director.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, how many Wonder Woman directors were there? Two. Okay, there's only been two? Okay, all right, all right.
3: I, okay, I find I mean, it, ironically,
0: yeah. it's the Flash that's going through directors fastest. <laughs> 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 oh, man, that's so sad. But appropriate, so it's all good. <laughs> Why the hell not? Oh, my Lord. That's just... Okay, all right, I like him. He's a go- I enjoy his directing, so, hey, if he sticks with it, good for him. Is Ben Affleck still the Batman?
3: Yes, Ben Affleck is still the Batman, and I assume Ben Affleck is still... you are still using... Uh, the script uh, that he wrote with chris terrio or at least that's the basis of whatever rewrites they'll do under um under matt reeve's purview um so i have some hopes i have some hopes um uh i i was actually as much as i like uh ben affleck's movies as as a director uh, i was a little worried about him writing directing starring in the whole thing Thought, well that's that's a uh, that's a Hindenburg style ego explosion waiting to happen. Um, Maybe he realized so this. Act, yeah, this act, perhaps perhaps he he has acquired that degree of self-awareness. So I'm well, encouraged. Like, sorry, I was going to say the idea of what
2: like, directing in a full bat suit doesn't sound like fun. It but, does not. No,
0: it's not. But, but, the, but the behind the scene pictures would be hysterical.
3: <laughs> yeah that's true you, you know what i would love is if he was wearing the full bat suit but he had put on over it like a pair of you know um the john buns, run, yes bro home <laughs> like yeah <John> Burst, smack, <laughs> smack in his thigh with a riding crop <laughs> perhaps a beret over the bat ears yeah or it's a beret with, with cutouts yes
0: <laughs> oh that's awesome oh that is <laughs> awesome so no i i should i should know this i do i apologize i have not been keeping up with um recent entertainment trends i would like to say it's because real life has been shitty and i've just been unable to keep up with things just because of work and life but unfortunately that's not true the truth is i saw 50 shades darker and it put me back in therapy good heavens what did you do a thing like that for um i'm an idiot and he honestly, was I was lied was to. Right. I was lied to. I thought I was going to see Lego Batman, and I got in the goddamn <laughs> chair and the movie started and as soon as I realized what it was, and my chair turned into that goddamn uh uh clockwork orange and I was trapped and I couldn't fucking leave.
2: Suppose you should thank your lucky stars it wasn't 4D.
0: Uh, uh... <laughs> Dude, uh, uh, dude. Okay. Uh, 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 it, uh, okay. I have to. I have to remain calm. By the way, uh, I have to bring. I have to bring um, my therapist onto the show because you should have seen me like two weeks ago. I was a drooling, pathetic mess from this film, not because of the bad sex scenes, but because of how immensely stupid
3: this movie is. Did you see? Did either of you see the first one? God no. Uh, I seen parts of it on cable I watched enough to see oh I wonder if I want to do this for my next book and quickly concluded that no I okay that. <laughs> All right. All right. now
0: the, the, the first one i I did admittedly go to see on a dare somebody wanted to see if I wanted to see if my legendary movie riffing improv skills were what they were and said let's go see 50 shades of gray and I'm like okay two guys by ourselves going to see 50 shades of gray all righty then (laughs) and yeah we got the looks that i was expecting i won the bet by the way but that's neither here nor there at least (laughs) that movie had i'm not gonna say logic because it didn't but in its own it had logic within its own universe if that makes sense yeah yeah okay this movie has no even internal logic Wow! Oh,
3: really?
0: It is. Okay. It, 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 it. It. I. I think I lost fifty IQ points an hour into the film. I. I. I, I, I don't remember math.
2: <laughs> Having you seen the trailers? It just kind of looks like a bigger budget remake of The Room.
0: It's acting wise. You are dead on, Dave. This uh, Jamie Dornan, he may be he may be a good actor. I do not know any of his other work and I hate to judge an actor by only one role. But having only
3: seen him in this one role, I wish him nothing but pain and heartbreak. It kind of well, looked to me from the trailers like it was, yes, yeah, sort of like the, the the characters from the room. Decided to remake Eyes Wide Shut.
0: But it's the characters from <laughs> Twilight. That's the thing. This legitimately is Twilight fan fiction originally that got right. Twisted to get sold. So, I mean, this is like whoever wrote this. I honestly don't know if it's a man or a woman, and I don't care. It's a woman. Oh, it was a woman? a woman. Okay. But this woman wanted, um, what's his name from Twilight, Edward the Vampire, to be an s and freak as well as a vampire.
3: Oh by it, hey, you have to do something to make that character interesting.
0: But just uh, I, I, anyway, okay, it's okay. I'm over it. I have to. I just. I. It's, I have to, to to confront my demons. They have been confronted. I had to publicly say that I'm okay. I'm going to take a breath. You guys talk for a minute. Oh,
3: okay. Uh, <laughs> do, you have, do you have anything, Dave?
2: Uh, well, what, what have I seen recently? Um, oh, I caught finally caught uh, ex Machina. Oh, what'd oh. you think? Uh, yeah, it was okay. Um, I mean, it feels like dabbing it with fake praise. Uh, like, it, I enjoyed the... I'm glad I watched it. I'm not sure if I'd rush to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I acknowledge it as a very competently made piece of modern science fiction. But yeah, it's, uh, in, in terms of sort of like, whether I'd sort of had
3: any rewatch value for me, possibly not. I think people, the, the, the target audience for motion pictures nowadays are people who grew up uh, playing video games. And there is this, this concept of replayability that we judge movies and certainly studios do. But I think, I think uh, consumers begin to judge movies by how su- it, it, their success is determined by how many times you want to go back and revisit the experience. I don't judge a movie that way. I can be perfectly content to see a film once thing. That was good. That did exactly what it needed to and not see it again, and just have it, have, just like there are books I've really enjoyed that I don't feel like I have to reread. Um, I, no, that, that, that I is just... an
2: entirely fair comment, and on on that score, yeah, Ex Machina is a good film. Like, yeah, like okay. if, if you've not seen Ex Machina, I'd say watch Ex Machina.
0: My big takeaway from it was, um, wow, Don Hall Gleason really can act.
2: Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah he, he's really good. And I, I didn't uh, recognize Oscar Isaacs at first. I know!
0: he I'm a huge, I've become a huge Oscar Isaacs fan as of late. I've seen him in several films, some of them good, some of them not so good. I'm looking at you, Born Film. But um, <laughs> he has been good. I mean, really good and enjoyable in everything that I've seen him in.
2: I mean, the first thing I saw him in was Force Awakens. Okay. Oh, so, huh. yeah, I, mean, I, I was kind of vaguely aware of him but i not actually seen him act in anything, so obviously saw The Force Awakens, and I, I ended up sort of, uh, I saw him in this. There was something else I saw him in recently as well, I think. I can't remember what, though. He he was fantastic in it, and you know, just goes to show you sort of what a good actor he is, that you know, he was completely unrecognisable to me until Gillian you know, said, oh, that's Oscar Isaac. I went, oh,
3: shit, really? I think the first thing I saw him in was, uh, it was that Coen Brothers film, Inside Llewellyn Davis, the, the folk singer? That's oh, okay. yes.
0: Yes. yes
3: um and uh yeah he he was like oh where did this guy come from has has i never i don't think i'd even ever heard of him and he was just uh, amazingly good and i he's been good in everything i've seen since. so he's either an amazingly talented actor or really smart about what roles he takes and um just as the ones within his wheelhouse but um i'm oh good grief he was in the born legacy wasn't he yeah
0: yeah yeah <laughs> it was a small role but he was there for a chunk
3: yeah he was he was outcome number three not <laughs> as small as I guess. you're or, not even number one or red shirt number two depending <laughs> oh good grief he was in sucker punch oh, oh that's right that's where i saw
2: him that's the other film i've seen him in oh
3: shit sucker punch oh what oh. a
0: piece of shit movie <laughs>
2: Oh, fuck you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, Now, I actually saw Ex Machina before Force Awakens. Right. So, I really was. Tr- I, I As much as I enjoyed Force Awakens, I really did not like Donald Gleason's Hucks at all.
3: Well, it didn't prove exact. That's it what I mean. I mean. I mean, I'd
0: seen, I'd seen Ex Machina, and he's so good in that. And, I mean, this, I was like, oh, my God, this is like Lucas directed him. No, bad J.J. Abrams, bad.
3: <laughs>
0: well, yeah, Director I mean, George
3: Lucas it? is brought in for this special scene.
0: <laughs> it, it's not
2: like there's much to Hux on paper, either. It's just like, evil dude. Like, yeah.
0: that's the entire okay.
2: Character break
3: but okay, in this scene, you're evil.
0: In this scene, you you're more evil. In this scene, you're
3: Hitler. In this scene, you're evil, but you're loud. <laughs> this scene, you're evil, and you
2: especially don't like that guy. In this scene, you're evil,
0: and you'd like a sandwich. <laughs> this scene, you're evil, but the sandwich is coming back up on you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right, all right, all right. That. Uh, let's see what else. Oh yeah. Uh, so I went to the uh, premiere. Of the uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 uh, pilot. Yes, and allow me to
0: say for everyone who's listening right now, fuck you. Uh,
3: you know, I, I have that coming. Fuck Completely you, fuck it. you. you, fuck, fuck, fuck you. How was it, you lucky bastard? Well, I was a lucky bastard because I wouldn't have gone to this thing. I mean, I I, I, I contributed to the Kickstarter, but at a very low, you know, send me a T-shirt level. Um, but my friend Dave, David Goodman uh was a pretty high level backer and he uh, enough so that he got a ticket to the premier, well he got two tickets actually and, and he, so he took you he took me as, as, as his guest oh that's and awesome later yeah and later on he um he actually bought a, a third ticket for my wife mary Aww. although she didn't she didn't get to come to the rocket after party with us because uh, she had to go to work the next morning but um uh he he yeah he flew out from milwaukee Wisconsin to see this, and I asked him, well, why didn't you just go to the premiere in Chicago?" And he he made the very good point that uh, Chicago in February
2: sucks. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> so I should probably tell, and, and I know I've talked about this in the show, so some people may know it, but but, I, but Mystery Science Theater three thousand has a special place in my heart. It's it's the only puppet show I ever regularly watched, except for the children's film festival with Kukla Fran and Ollie or as I like to refer to them, one horseman short of an apocalypse. <laughs> it's also the reason, this show is the reason I'm married to, to Mrs. C, since we, we met at the premiere of MST3K, the movie. That's so, right, I forgot about that. One cool thing that happened after the, after the episode was over, um, they, Joel had been saying, Joel Hodgson, the creator, had been saying that he was going to tell, tell, tell us when the premiere was as soon as he was told by Netflix. Um, he was told by Netflix at the end of the screening. They, the guy from Netflix walked up, handed him a note, and Joel said, "Oh, okay. So we're premiering on April 14th." That was, he, he later said that was the first time he ever heard of it. So that was wow, cool. Wow.
0: Okay.
3: Yeah. We were asked by Joel to only refer to the to the movie we saw as as Episode 1101, and not by the title of the film that they riffed. And I will hold to that.
0: So, okay, However, so, wait, wait, hang on real fast, Scott. So okay. they are calling it 1101.
3: Yes, this is this is season 11, as far okay. as they're concerned. It's all, it's all okay. part of a Just like Twin Peaks is calling it season three. Alrighty then. That's
0: cool. Okay. Yeah. You know, I, um,
2: I've, I've never watched an episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000.
3: I would recommend it. Well, I, I've
2: heard good things. It, I was, was going to say,
0: spot. Dave, I think you would enjoy the show.
2: Yeah, I, I've, I've seen clips. Mm-hmm. I, I, but, yeah, it's... I don't think it ever really came over to the UK, really, just in any capacity that I could watch
3: it. I wonder if it, yeah, maybe it didn't. Now well, that I think about it.
0: Well, there are many, many, many full episodes on the YouTube, Mister Cobert. Just saying. I, I, I
3: will definitely have to see
2: some. I've been meaning to you for a while, and now I've, now it's sort of coming to Netflix, so it's sort of yeah. jumping up my list of things to do.
0: I wonder. If, I wonder if they'll get all the. I wonder if they'll get the old episodes, or if they'll just show that because they had them for a while.
3: Yeah, I was wondering about that too. Um But anyway, sorry, new episode, no. 1101. God, get gets good stuff. Okay. So, uh f- the first thing I will say is um it's like the old show. It was yes, it's it's all new faces in front of the camera and for the most part behind the scenes, but it does have that same guiding instinct. Um and it do, it has the feel of those old Comedy Central episodes. Uh it was it took about 10 minutes because they were setting up the world. So it took about ten minutes before it really started firing on all cylinders, but after that it was very, very funny and the movie they selected was frigging perfect i i when when he announced what the movie was, i to my embarrassment gasped aloud
0: so it's something so it is
3: something that um
0: shall we say genre fans will have heard of
3: yes, yes, it is. And we'll be, I think, pleased by, uh, I certainly was. Um, anyway, so like I said, we were sort of sworn to secrecy and I'm going to honor that. However, um, there, there was briefly uh, a list of 14, all 14 episodes posted to IMDB and then hastily yanked. <laughs> um, and neither the MST crew or Netflix has confirmed or denied that these 14 films make up the roster for the first new season. So I'm going to, I'm just going to quickly read the list. Uh, taken from the internet, which never forgets. It's like an elephant. Uh, You can make of it what you will, but I will tell you in the end, at the end of this, why I think that this list is significant. Um, These are, by the way, in alphabetical order. They're they're not in any sort of proposed show order. Um, First one, At the Earth's Core. Oh, God. 1976. Oh, God. Yes. Starring Doug McClure, Peter Cushing, Carolyn Monroe, based on the Edgar Rice Burroughs novel. Yep. Awesome. Yep. I think I saw this in a theater when I was a kid. I th-
0: I'm pretty sure I saw it at the drive-in.
2: They used to show on the BBC weird. all the time.
0: Oh, oh, did really? they? oh wow. It, it,
2: yeah, it's kind of like a, like a film they'd stick on during the school holidays, just like a cheap short schlock entertainment film. <laughs> yeah, and awesome. I've, I've, I've seen it a
3: couple of times.
0: <laughs> cool.
3: It's fantastic. I don't think a perfect description. Uh, next Avalanche, 1978. Whoa. Uh, You've, yeah, I know. I know. saw that at the drive-in. Yes, me. I saw it. I saw it in the theater. We didn't have a drive-in. Uh, written and directed by Corey Allen, who I just realized was the guy who played Buzz James Dean's hoodlum nemesis, and I guess ultimately friend in what it was. I guess. He oh wow! A director. This thing. This thing stars Rock Hudson, Mia Farrow, mm-hmm. Robert Forster. I mean, I so hope that this is true, if only for that cast
0: that's one of the best casts they they would have had since space travelers
3: exactly uh next carnival magic 1981 now this stars no one (laughs) because because it's an al adamson film oh my god okay yes al you'll remember al from uh black samurai black heat blazing stewardesses naughty stewardesses basically the whole black and stewardess um genre he pretty much covered that uh next cry cry wilderness 1987 oh wow this this is a crappy bigfoot movie i have not seen this did you see it i have
0: seen it i have seen it
3: see that that also sounds like a drive-in movie to me it is um now here's one that will have meaning for both of us hercules informed sources think this is the 1983 lou ferrigno version (gasps) yes (laughs) <laughs> Which I watched and wrote about, thanks to Jeff. <laughs> to
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be this. so awesome for they do it. Oh, that would be great. Yes. Okay. All right. All if, right. And, and have you seen, want... Dave, have you it's seen li- Lou Ferrigno's Hercules? I, I have not, no. <laughs> oh. oh, my. Oh. Dave, you need, Okay, Dave, you and Jillian need to have a pint or two and watch what? Lou Ferrigno's Hercules.
3: For three or four. <laughs> you, you oh, will fine. you
0: will laugh loudly while cursing my name for suggesting you should do this
3: excellent <laughs> he gets but he gets corn, you by a grizzly
0: <laughs> but since you suggested the movie that we're talking about in a bit i have no problem saying watch hercules
3: but it's just bad. i deserve that yeah
0: uh, <laughs> okay what else scott sorry or,
3: or uh just real briefly for listeners if if you want to bone up uh on hercules before the april 14th debut uh there will be a link in this um description for this episode that'll go to the uh the piece i wrote about it on world of crap uh next reptilicus 1960 denmark's answer to godzilla actually actually i think this was their answer to gorgo which was britain's answer to godzilla (laughs) (laughs) Uh, star crash Oh 19- no way! Oh, Star Crash, you Star beautiful Crash. piece of nonsense!
0: I saw that in <laughs> I saw that in the drive-in three times.
3: Yeah, well, that was for people who were really starved for more Star Wars. I mean, th- this was the one of the most brazen Star Wars rip-offs. Again, starring Carolyn Monroe. She she may become uh, the Richard Keel of the new mst 3 game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Christopher Plummer, Marjo Gortner, yep, and yep. David Hasselhoff. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh! By the way, this film was written and directed by the same man who wrote and directed the Lou Ferrigno Hercules movies. So. <laughs> that
0: explains. Oh my God, that explains
3: so much. Yes, yep. pain is pain is guaranteed.
0: Wow! I, I love the story visual... about that one. That. Oh,
2: what's sorry, that? I, I love the story about that one that Christopher Plummer agreed to do it purely because he fancied a holiday nitty. <laughs> <laughs> It was, it was apparently like two days work and they were paying to fly him out to Italy. So he just went out, did two days work and then just stayed out
3: in Italy for a week. You know, no, many, no matter, even if he worked on that thing for two weeks, he pretty much did two days worth of work on that. <laughs> if you've you seen I'm, his performance. As,
2: as I once described him in that film as looking like a glam rock Julius Caesar.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Julius Caesar and the Spiders from Mars. <laughs> uh okay uh, next uh the beast of the hollow mountain oh wow yeah 1956 guy madison plays an american cowboy in mexico who finds his cattle are being devoured by a dinosaur what, what i love about this movie is it's basically the valley of guanji 13 years earlier and with crappier stop motion effects but yeah. i i think it's a fun movie and i think it's perfect for the mst 3k treatment okay uh so i'm really hoping that that one uh, comes through uh now, if you follow the MST3 Kickstarter, they asked for, I think, f- $5 upfront up front to make a 12-episode season, which I thought they'd never get. But they exceeded that amount. I, mean, I, th- I think it turned out being the most successful Kickstarter for a film or TV project in history. Uh, I think it, it beat out the previous record holder, which was the Veronica Mars movie. Um, but when it was obvious that they'd taken in enough for 13 episodes, Joel Hodgson announced their final stretch goal, if they made however much more Uh, they do a holiday episode and the the holiday episode is according to this list, the Christmas that almost wasn't directed by Rosano Brazzi.
0: Oh, I'm in pain. I am in pain.
3: This is, this is couldn't be more perfect. This is one of the worst pieces of holiday drick ever. Uh, The land that time forgot no way. Oh, I yes. didn't know that, film. Drive-in movie again. Holy shit. And also I'm starring the...
0: D- Doug McClure, yes? Yeah. Or was he in the second one?
3: No, he was in both of them. He, he was in this and... Uh, and,
0: and in the People? Okay, okay. No, I mean, but I mean, there were two films. There was Land the Time That Got forgotten. People That Time Forgot. And I was trying to remember which one Doug McClure was in.
3: This
0: one. Okay, good. Okay, this one I remember yeah. All
2: right. That that one has the the master from Doctor Who in it. It's a Nazi.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wait, which master? Uh, adds the Ainley.
3: Oh wow. Okay, cool. Nice. All right. Very exciting. Uh, next, Time Travelers, 1976. This was an ABC movie of the week, which I saw when it aired. Uh, produced by Irwin Allen as a pilot for a series uh, and an excuse to reuse props he had left over from the time tunnel. <laughs> Um, stars a bunch of TV actors, including Richard Basehart, which Ooh. will probably be a big thrill for Gypsy. Um, I remember this film; it was kind of terrible and very, very TV. So it will be, you know, that, that, there, there's a particular exciting feeling about watching a TV movie from the 70s, as we discovered when we re- rewatched Gargoyles. Very true. There's there, a time capsuley feeling to it. Uh, now these are movies; these are movies I haven't heard of um apparently it wizards one uh the person who posted the list said it's probably wizards of the lost kingdom okay e seven uh it's a made in argentina lord of the rings ripoff uh the villain is played by tom christopher who was also the bad guy in the season seven mst episode uh death stalker and the warriors from hell
0: and he was also in uh buck rogers, buck rogers.
3: i was gonna say he was hawk yep, yep 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 yeah uh, and and Wizards of the Lost Kingdom two, uh, same deal. This time the star power is provided by David Carradine, and uh, Lana Clarkson, okay. who achieved B move me immortality in Roger Corman's Barbarian Queen movies. Yep. Then had her immortality rather rudely revoked when she was shot to death by Phil Spector.
0: Also, oh, oh I forgot about that. Holy shit! Yeah,
3: yeah. That was a downer uh, stop last... Thank you so much. Sorry. Sorry, let, let's, let's end on a high note. Uh, the last film, uh, Yongari 1967. This is Korea's answer to Godzilla.
0: Yongari monster <laughs> from the deep. Oh, baby.
3: This, this is going to be good. The only thing that could have made this uh, even better is if they did, like, uh, APE. That, <laughs> that, that Korean uh, Kong ripoff. Um, <laughs> now, so having said all that, uh, I don't know any more than you guys do if this is a legitimate list of episodes that was accidentally posted to IMDb and then hastily removed, or if it was just a prank. However, I do know for a fact that one of the films on this list is Rift in the pilot episode that I saw, but I won't tell you which one. Oh! All
0: righty then, you asshole again. <laughs> You're going to be that way, fine. Well, that's good to know. That is that is good to know, and that actually is a... I hope that is the list, because those are some great movies that are very riff-worthy. Oh, yeah. yeah they make
3: me very happy.
0: And on that note, Scott, Dave... Yes? I have something to tell you both. It's time to come it's the unknown movie unknown movie unknown movie challenge it's the unknown movie unknown movie moon moon unknown movie challenge it's the unknown movie unknown moon moon ch- Unto- movie unknown challenge that's right it's the unknown movie challenge French- Japanese- <Suanism>. uh. it's the unknown movie gonna watch unknown Bangladesh- movie challenge it's the unknown we gonna watch unknown movie challenge it's the unknown we gonna unknown movie challenge that's right it's, it's the, the un- Ununmovie Challenge. challenge ready for battle that's right ladies and gentlemen it is time for the unknown movie challenge and dave is still with us because dave is the one who suggested this movie and and the film in question is i will get the year from one of you i'm from scott i am sure but the john claude van damme action masterpiece pound of flesh and i have one question right off the bat dave why do you hate me (laughs)
2: <laughs> it's nothing personal. Are just you sure?
0: I mean, I thought I gave you some pretty decent comedy during our tenure at Geek Planet. Uh, this <laughs> is how you fucking repay me. Hey, I just made the suggestion. You're the one who said yes. True. Valid Okay, all right. So, so Dave, why? What? What made you even suggest this thing? Why did you watch it first off, actually? That's a good question.
3: That so, is a I, good question.
2: <laughs> I, I, basically, we were... We were staying around a friend's place. We were um, we were just scanning through Netflix, looking for something to watch. And we always enjoy sort of like is that kind of company, just putting on you know, so- something stupid which we could have a few beers and sort of like, yeah, just take the piss out of. And so like this comes up, and um, Gillian is a big Jean-Claude Van Damme fan from a very specific time period, kind of early 90s, sort of universal soldier, double impact Van Damme. Oh,
0: God, time cop Van Damme.
2: Yeah, yeah, there's there's like a a sweet spot of Van Damme that she's into. Anything else got a before and after, she's not really. So she thought, well, let's see what Jean-Claude Van Damme is up to these days. (laughs) (laughs) He's up up to no good. And and we we read the synopsis and went, yeah, we we kind of have to watch this now. (laughs) (laughs) Now. Go ahead. And and it met a a lot of low expectations.
0: (laughs) Full in some dis- cases, exceeded them. <laughs> full disclosure, I actually finished this today before I saw Logan. <laughs> yeah, and Logan, was the, so Logan, Logan, you, Logan was
3: the less depressing experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: as depressed as I was walking out of that theater, I was in a better mood than I was after this piece of shit. <laughs> okay, uh, records person, what can you tell us about this piece of shit?
3: Well, I can tell you that it was uh, produced in 2015. And to, to, uh, to sum up the, the premise, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme is uh, out for justice. He's an ex-black ops agent who wakes up missing some of his urine filtration organs, uh, which have been <laughs> stolen. And now he's, now he's on a quest for kidney. It's Kidney <laughs> Quest, oh, yes. but there's an added twist. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. We'll, we'll get to the twist. And, uh, god, we'll get, yeah, we'll get to the many we'll get to them any stupid twists in this movie. Oh yes. <laughs> but you know, I, oh
0: god, the, the, the thing that frustrated. No, oh, we'll get to that in a second. Okay, I gotta say right off the bat that I actually stopped the film, and I was not going
3: to watch it. I was actually going to say this film broke me. This really really you got you got through you got through the sweet blood of Jesus. This is what breaks you. Well,
0: here's what did it for me and it was within the first 20 minutes, okay? It was during the whole whole oh, yeah, sequence. It. And here's why. Okay, uh, oh, the first did he, did he? 20 minutes we have uh Jean-Claude Van Damme showing up. Where the fuck is he the Philippines? He's,
3: he 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 lands in the Philippines and and there's a long uh, introductory walk through the lobby of Manila's Third fanciest Best Western, <laughs> uh, but the, the whole Asian men wait. Asian men are giving him odd, disapproving looks. Probably, I think, because he, he's he's got like ten pounds of axle grease in his hair, and he looks like he looks like that one drug dealer who was too. Too blatantly scummy to get into Coachella, and is reduced to like selling Boba tranquilizer outside the Stuckies on the ice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing: even above and beyond how how, how grimy he looks, like this whole first 20-minute sequence when um he meets the chick and and you know and he bangs her and he wakes up and he realizes these kidneys gone. He real this whole opening sequence pissed me off to no end because, I mean, it has all of these, like, quick cuts and there are some shots that are in black and white that have elements of color, and it tries to be this weird mix of uh, Sin City and Michael Mann's Indonesian vice and it comes across as pure pretentious bullshit. Uh, I felt like I was watching a... 25 year old grad student who thought he was the best director in the world going, I am going to make the greatest action film ever. People will see these cuts and they will think I am intelligent. I am making a high art. And it just came across as just pretentious horseshit. And it genuinely angered me.
3: You know, that's actually a good point because it it was there, there was a sort of, um, uh, desperate, uh, uh, copycat Miami Vice feel to it. But the thing is, Von Damme was, in Miami Vice, Von Damme would have been the bad guy. And you know, he was kind the, of the, the bad guy in this film, honestly. The, the the greasy guy with the with the spray tan who wears his sunglasses at night, that was always the bad guy in Miami Vice. So that's, it, he was really hard to root for. Uh, no, you, root for him valid, his, valid him.
0: point. I couldn't stand his character.
3: I could not stand it.
0: And I mean, like I said, I stopped pretty much, I stopped the film pretty much shortly after he realizes that his kidney's stolen and there's a whole 20 minute sequence that goes back and forth in time, by the way. So just so you know, like doesn't have right off the bat, folks. But I mean, and I did. I stopped and I put it away for a while until all of real life had been fixed. And I got out of therapy and I got a mic. Thank you again, Scott. And I realized that I actually had to watch this fucking film. And, like I said, so I sat down today and I rewatched that opening sequence, and it pissed me off even more. I genuinely hate the first twenty minutes of this movie. Oh, th- well, there is so many levels of
2: stupid going on in those twenty minutes of this film.
0: It just it's just true. Like,
2: it's, yeah. yeah, I mean, like you've got like the fact that he wakes up in a bath full of ice. Like he doesn't even know his
3: urban legends. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> But and his, boss, and but... his, his hair is creating a, a, an oil slick so wide. It looks like the Exxon Valdez hit Titanic's
0: <laughs> And I got to say, the pound of the... Ty- I really didn't need to, to know the fact that the titular pound of
3: flesh would be his ass.
0: Oh, yeah, that, that was an
3: unwelcome sight. Did... So, many level, so many levels of stupid. Actually, I just feel... There's so many levels of stupid in this, this thing. It's like if Dante tried to write an action script. <laughs> Here's a here's a question that that I, I have, and I, I kind of understand Jillian's uh, a- affection for that narrow uh, band of Vandam, that narrow strata, but a stratum of Vandam there, right in in that that particular geologic area. But the thing is that, that the 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 whole first twenty minutes, as you mentioned, jumps around in time, and a lot of it's just so they try to tell it with these these sort of ambiguous flashbacks and the desaturated color, and then and and just brief bouts of dialogue which tell you nothing because Vonda it's like Vondam it's like been 30 years since his english language debut in whatever it was blood sport i think and his accent is still so thick he makes peppy lepew sound like judy dench
0: i had to turn on the subtitles i had to turn on the fucking subtitles i
3: wish i thought of that and i had the sound
0: (laughs) turned up as high as i could possibly go without pissing off Bruce. and i still had to turn on the fucking subtitles
3: it's still completely unintelligible how does that is there just something about uh the belgian french accent that is so virulent Oh, it cannot be.
0: and since you brought it up, by the way, I have to point out can we all agree that the scene in the Fight Club was just a shameless blood sport reference?
2: Oh,
3: oh
0: God, yeah. <laughs> Probably. I, I mean, oh, come on, the way the light was hitting the fighters. I remember in Bloodsport, one guy actually did fight with a bandana on. The fact that he got, I mean, that whole sequence, I'm just sitting there going, yep, yeah, this is Bloodsport. And then a little bit later on, oh, look, now we've got Van Dam's magic split. Yeah. <laughs> Completely pointless. This, there was no reason for that to. split to be in the film except to show that he could still fucking do
3: it. Yeah, and it's just like, okay, so I, I understand that you've made a lot of these movies, and you do the splits in every one, and you have to come up with a different excuse for it every single time. But I don't think you completely succeeded if your excuse for Van Damme doing the splits is be- during it is because the guy he's trying to kill is parallel parking. <laughs> <laughs> so okay
0: so back to plot because there is actually some plot in this surprisingly Um,
3: yes yes like like you say he wakes he wakes up uh nude in a bathtub of ice basically he's turned it into a greasy belgian frappe um (laughs) and he climbs out and there's a lot of him stumbling around cold and nude Way too much, I feel. Is it just me? No, no, too
0: much nude. I went straight for a good 10 minutes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that that should be the pull quote on the poster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only. So he, he saves this girl uh, from an, what looks like an abusive bodybuilder in an alley. And she buys him a drink and then asks him to dance. And, and he demures, saying... I don't move so well, which if you've seen any of his movies, you know, is the truest and least hard to understand thing that ever stumbled out of his Belgian gob. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) They uh, they go back and they like Jeff says, they they he he bangs her and we get to see his ass again while he's doing it.
0: That pound of flesh that should have been taken away. Why couldn't that pound of flesh have been stolen? But no, we have to see it in all its wrinkly Val Kilmer glory. And there's no female nudity. I'll just say, which I all... gave them points for for going the opposite route. You know, I mean, I'm like, all right, that was kind of cool, but still, it had to be Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Well,
2: I did feel for the poor young actor. Who's, you know, this young lady who's clearly in her what probably like mid to late twenties, having like a sweaty Van Dam rotting above her.
0: Oh God, it must have been like <laughs> it must have been like having Charles Lawton on top of you. You oh. know
3: what? Actually, now that I think about it, you don't see her face. You just see his ass when they're when they're actually doing it. I bet she called for a stunt double. I bet you're right. <laughs> I'm not getting sweated on by this guy. Um am also getting raped for being molested by tripe. <laughs> yeah. <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh he he's so he's alone he's he's, he's new to alone in his room he 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 sees the bed is soaked with blood Then he flashes back to having intercourse with the girl and it hits him she was a virgin an, ex, an extreme virgin she must have had like 3 or 4 extra hymens that's a lot of blood um according to the flashback the guy the doctor who removed his kidney was wearing full surgical scrubs gown mask even though he was performing surgery on a hotel bed, <laughs> in the wet spot. But yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm I I am pretty sure she didn't. He may have, but I'm pretty sure she didn't. So it might not have been that wet. That's a good point. This is Jean Claude Van Damme we're talking about. True. Um, I'm, I I'm, about I'm, I'm just saying. stunt double. I'm just. But I do
2: love the fact that the uh, the scar he's touching as well seems to be way too high up for having had a kidney removed.
3: Yeah. Exactly. Like, we're... Okay,
2: kidney and a lung, was it a That's twofer? That's what I
3: was thinking, lung. <laughs> so did you just get a long way around? <laughs> Looking for a new route to India. <sighs> uh, oh, oh, so then we get to cut to a Catholic church where a guy who's, who's I, I think, playing like the Gary Cole or the Bruce Davison part, uh, if they'd had a better budget, um, is worrying about his soul and trading song quotes with a Filipino priest um, and then we cut back to Jean-Claude he calls his old contact Kung Kung. Uh, the, uh, only,
0: the uh, only character that I can say I thoroughly enjoyed in the film and I knew he was going to die
3: yeah. <laughs> because he was the only <laughs>
0: character that I actually liked in the film I do have thoughts about the brother but I'll get to them later but I really okay. fucking like Kong. He actually, he was he was the thing that kept me watching the middle of the film.
3: You know, I think he was the audience surrogate I think actually right. because he kept he kept saying, uh, "Let's get out of here. I don't want to do this. Let's stop." Like, yes, <laughs> that's how I feel, Kong. You were speaking for me. Um. So so yeah. So uh, uh, John Claude asked him for help with the bloody sheets and some morphine. Uh, then he finds an envelope full of cash and a playing, uh, an ace of spades playing card. So at least he was
0: paid for his kidney. You know, it's not like it was well, just yes. stolen. But, 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 but this, this is the thing that gets me about this. Isn't the whole
2: point of a, uh, legally taking somebody's kidney. So you don't have to pay the money for it.
0: Well, okay. I'm I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I am. I can't believe I'm sticking up for this film, but Given what ha- given what the uh, what happened at the end of the film, and who's actually buying the kidney and why, it makes sense that he left money.
2: True, but then Kung right, says, says, "Oh, what right, they left you medication and money, so it looks like it was a legal transaction." That's fucking quite stupid. Yes, yeah, but then if, if you're going to make it look like a legal transaction, don't leave a sinister fucking playing card behind. Yeah, <laughs> 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 with the stuff that you're leaving behind as part of the legal transaction. Oh yeah, you
3: know, he agrees to this. We always we always give our customers sin a play card. Okay, here, here's your receipt, here's your copy, and here's the ace of spades. <laughs> Sign here. Uh, that's a very good point. Yes, um, so uh, oh, what what I loved about that scene was when Kung comes over is, is Jean-Claude, there's no explanation. He just he just shows Kung his 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 lung scar and Kung immediately <laughs> says they stole your kidney. Not, not. oh, were you in an accident? Or did you get cut in a bar fight? Or no, immediately, they stole your lung? No. It, yeah, immediately he goes to, kidney thieves. So I thought that that was really efficient. Well, this happens <laughs> a lot
0: over there, Scott. I'm just saying. I mean, so, if you're in the black market, you know you see a scar like that. That's your first thought, or lung.
3: Okay.
2: I so will. you had some cowboys in there. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh oh oh yes so so uh during this whole scene uh the catholic guy shows up and it turns out he's Jean claude's brother george
0: Um, estranged brother george
3: yes even yes even though they were clearly raised uh born raised on different continents but whatever he sees the thing about george is he's not in the black market he sees the scar and also instantly deduces that it's them golden kidney thieves
0: <laughs> oh. I got a stake on that kidney. I gotta get four the other miners come down and take that turn.
2: But is it like well, it's just becoming like a mundane thing? Like, hey Phil, hey hey, it's got you, oh, <laughs> you know kidney thieves. Oh Jesus, not again, really. That happened to so, me last four,
0: week. That's the fourth one they've taken from you, isn't it? Right. Hey. Maybe we have your <laughs> zipper, <huh>? you know what I mean?
2: That was a bad weekend for you, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> What disastrous poker game that was!
3: Oh, <laughs> well, you gotta learn to bluff, man. He had the ace of
0: spades. <laughs> See how I brought that full circle? Uh-huh,
3: I, uh-huh. I do. I do like that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's sort of sort of like a Kenny Rogers gambler TV movie directed by you know someone who's interested in organ theory. I have no clue. Dave I didn't has know I no
0: idea what the fuck you just said. You know what, it's
3: really not, it's not even worth Googling, so don't, don't bother.
0: <laughs> so, so I, let, let me, I, I, I want to throw this plot twist out, and then uh, this because I found this funny. So, the whole time, like I said, a strange brother shows up, and um, they have issues, and then we find out that, coincidentally, not only did he have his kidney stolen, but the kidney that he had stolen was going to be removed anyway because the kidney was going to go to brother's daughter who needs a kidney right but
3: uh his was his was taken and now he's he's uh he turns into a a a feral deadly renal repo man gonna (laughs) get gonna get that kidney back before it, it winds up in some some other bastard um,
2: and I, I have sort of described this to people as Taken, but with a daughter re- replaced by a kidney.
0: Or, <laughs> or it's Repo the Genetic Opera without any of the wit intelligence or songs.
3: <laughs> Both of those would be better movies. <laughs> um, oh, and oh, so, so he starts, he, he goes out to find the girl who set him up, and he goes back to the bar where she originally drugged him. And there, there's an interminable fight scene with a – this, this little bar has like, more, has, like, more bouncers than Vatican City has Swiss guards. I mean, there's, like, <laughs> there's an inexhaustible army of bouncers, um, and there's a fight with a variety of melee weapons, knives, broken bottles, collapsible batons. But Jean-Claude Van Damme beats everybody up with the Gideon Bible from his hotel room. He's but literally he's, a Bible thump.
2: He's, he's had his, his kidney has been removed in a, in a non-surgical setting mm-hmm. less than six hours ago, mm-hmm. and he's beating people up in a bar. Yeah, and like he's he's he's, he's, on,
3: he's on morphine too.
2: Yeah, but but every so often he goes, ooh. So you know yes, he remembers all <laughs> oh, that hurts ah, a bit. Acting.
3: <laughs> um like, like, dude, you almost certainly have an infection. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and I think I'm getting one just from watching this movie. <laughs> so so they track uh they track Anna to an underground fight club. The blood sports scene. The best those are the best kind of fight clubs, I guess. Um and and of, and of course no one will talk about it because the first rule of fight club is you don't do any you know, <laughs> fight club. Um and uh oh Anna's pimp shows up. Um Oh, I love this. So, Andes Pimp goes into the Fight Club. Kung calls Jean-Claude, who's inside. But Jean-Claude doesn't pick up because it's too loud inside, telling us that JC is a highly skilled black ops specialist, but he hasn't quite mastered the vibrate setting on his phone. <laughs> I mean, I'm
0: thinking, why not send him a text, you know? I mean, why yeah. I call him? I thought the same thing. He's not going to pick up because, well, it's Jean-Claude Van Damme. But still,
3: ugh. I mean, you're, you're not going to be able to he's not going to be able to hear you and you're not going to be able to understand him as usual. Um, so he, uh, Oh, Oh, so Gary Cole character, uh, Catholic brother, George packs some heat and goes inside to warn Jean Claude. And, and also, I guess to explain to him how his phone works. Um, but this was, <laughs> this was a really great uh, bit of spy craft here. Uh, Jean Claude finds Anna by calling her cell phone while she's in the line for the ladies room. Um, this is also, as most black ops agents will tell you, an excellent way to find a pregnant woman at a concert venue.
0: <laughs> uh,
3: so, oh, yeah, yeah, then there's a. Just a ton of really boring fight scenes in various different rooms. But while the so fight scene
0: is going on, we do find out that um, Anna the hooker feels really bad for what happened and that and that she didn't like it and she was paid to do the job by some rich guy. Or no, not the rich guy. Or, yeah, no, did she know who the rich guy was? I can't remember. No, oh, no, she didn't. That's Maybe. right. But, like, I mean, had, she was uh, she was paid the, uh... to do a job, and she felt bad, and she wants to get out of the life, and then bang, bang, shoot, shoot, kill, kill.
2: Yeah, they're harassed by somebody who looks a bit like a like a knockoff GI Joe.
0: Ha! <laughs> 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 I, kind of, I thought he reminded me of the. he reminded me of the bad guy from Deadpool.
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> A little bit, but his hair did look like that fuzz they put on the you know the, the G.I. Joe. The good one with the cover. Oh, yeah. the old school. Uh,
0: the old school Joe. That's yeah, cool. right. So, okay, th- w- there's there's a lot of stupidity that goes on here, but short version, and I, I, we need to get these two twists out of the way because this is what really bothered me about the movie and why I hate even more than I did from just the first 20 minutes. Um, she joins the crowd after – she joins the group after the big fight scene, and we discover – that in relatively short order, well, first we discover that Jean-Claude Van Damme, the reason that he is donating the kidney to the brother's daughter is because he is the brother's daughter's father.
3: <laughs> and then, yeah, it's a really—it's oh, a long, dull, complicated story that I think was put in there basically to explain everybody's inexplicable and conflicting accents. And it gets even yes. <laughs> better
0: because then we find out that the whole reason that he slept with the, this uh, Anne or whatever, Mary, whatever the hell her name was, in the first place is because this hooker is a dead ringer for Gary Cole's dead, <laughs> dead wife
3: yeah who who died in like 2009 but the thing, here's 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 my favorite part of this whole twist is that they hired Anna to to seduce Jean-Claude because she looked like this his brother's dead wife yep. but Jean-Claude got into town like like the day before took a compatibility test at the hospital they set up this whole they they found out what his dead lover's face looked like and found a, a ring for her in like four hours. I mean that's some mission impossible shit. And even beyond yeah. that, and tell me if you guys if you
0: guys noticed this or if this bugged you guys at all. But she was in the car with everybody before we got the reveal that she looked like um, the brother's dead wife. In no way, shape, or form, when he was in the car with her before that reveal, did he show any short, sort of sign that she looked like his dead wife.
2: Yeah, that's that's no reaction at all.
0: So when that reveal came, that was a, that was another bullshit. I call shenanigans because he was in the fucking car with her for quite some time and no reaction
3: whatsoever. Yeah, it doesn't even come up till she sees a picture of the wife at George's house and says, "Oh, I look like her." I mean, it's like I, <laughs> I, I, I love I love how the, the slow dawning realization of every like, like everybody when when they figure things out in this movie, but especially uh, jean Claude uh, when they're in the car, he does some deduction and some reasoning to f- figure out how to find the the kidney recipient. And I was just thinking that watching jean Claude Van Damme try to think uh, reminded me of Dr. Johnson's statement about a woman preaching. You know, it's like watching a dog walk on its hind legs. It's not done well, but you're surprised (laughs) to see it done at all.
0: (laughs) I just, I could not. And and here's the thing. And what really pissed me off in this scene is I was actually genuinely interested, or I got interested. There was a period of time in the middle of the movie, like when all of this shit is going on, I noticed something. It's The movie stopped all of the stupid, pretentious camera tricks for a while and tried to be a character drama. And when it tried to be a character drama, I'm not saying it succeeded, but I actually found the brother kind of interesting. And I started thinking, it's another reason why the movie pissed me off, is because I started seeing a good film here if the film had made the brother the main character
2: oh thank you I was thinking exactly the same thing that could the, have act yeah. there could have been a good film there yeah but bad Dab is was is, is, is like an intruder in this film yes like what this like what this film actually should be you so like a a, a, a Religious, peaceable man driven yes! to sort of violence to rescue his daughter's life in a kind of straw dogs kind of thing.
0: Absolutely, Dave. I'm, I, that is the movie that I actually would have liked to have watched. And then in, in that middle, in that middle section, that that's kind of the movie that kind of got teased a little for me. Yeah, I, I felt exactly the same way. Scott, so that, did you see that at all?
3: Yeah, well, there were two. You, you, that that brings up something very interesting to me because you're absolutely right. And and there there were two moments that I kind of thought, oh, maybe this isn't so bad. They're they're in the car and Kong is saying, uh, well, why can't to to George? Why can't you give your daughter one of your kidneys? Oh yeah. And George says, I'm not a match. And he goes, You're not a match, but but your brother is. And then he realizes, Oh, that means, Von Damme's actually her. Real father. Okay, I'm going to stop talking. Yep. I thought, oh, <laughs> that's okay. I'm, I'm ho- I hope they don't say anything else about it because that's that's obvious, but it's not hitting you over the head with it. And yep. of course, it turns out to be the, the the picture, and it was all part of this plot. And it got very stupid when they're at the house, and and the stupid subplot about Anna looking like his dead wife was going on. um George realizes. Well, George shot someone at Fight Club, and he realizes that he has blood on his hands. And he starts flashbacking and Lady macbeth in it up, and uh, and he 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 has a crisis of faith, and he just de- he decides he doesn't want to go kill the kidney recipient, which is at this point the only way they're going to get the kidney back in time for his daughter. And I thought, okay, this could be this could be interesting. But when he tells John Claude, John Claude just goes, no, no, we're going to go kill him. No, we're going to kill him. We're just going to do it. It's like it's not even an argument. It's just this is an argument. It's contradiction. It's um, it's I'm- like. And they didn't they didn't want to deal with any of the implications no. that they brought up because they might have been interesting. I don't know.
0: And then of course in the last twenty minutes, once they decided they are gonna go kill this guy, they go back in with the weird camera angles and it becomes the action film that like the first twenty minutes of the movie was. It was like there's like a half hour of the film, it's a completely different film. It's not a better film, but it's a more interesting one.
3: It's not a better film because, it, well, for one thing, it lost, it lost Kong because just, just as things are, you know, looking like, okay, they're, they're on track, uh, the, uh, the bad guys booby-trap the milk and Kong is killed by the refrigerator. But that's a really specific trap
2: to be laying. Like, yes. Assuming that you've worked out where, so again, as you say, within four hours, they've also worked out where his brother lives. They've gone to his, like, his cabin because that's not even like his main home. He says it's their summer house.
0: That no one's yeah, supposed to, like, to know about.
2: Yeah, but they've still found this place and then booby-trapped the fridge. So uh, for this to actually sort of kill them, a very specific set of circumstances has to take place. That Not yeah. only do they have to decide to go to this summer house, which they never go, but they also, like, somebody needs something cold.
3: Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they, they, they they not only knew what, what his dead wife looked like, but they know how everyone takes their coffee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These guys can Google, like, nobody i mean
0: it's, these guys well, you, look at, you look at the guy when they finally find the quote-unquote guy and he's rich and he's white so obviously he's able to google everything so they find this guy and they're all ready to, oh i before you get oh yeah, before
3: you get to that i would like to say just something that made me laugh and not intentionally is uh john claude's supposed to be this this kidnap and recovery specialist this badass black ops type and one of the things that these guys usually do in movies is they get prints and they memorize the layout of a place they go into john claude can't be bothered to do that he walks around holding his phone looking at a diagram on it like he's a confused mall walker at the sherman oaks galleria looking for uh you know cinnabon
0: it's, it's like,
3: I'm not I'm not impressed but oh yes was okay so twist number one was this not the most well this is twist number two we're up to was this not the most predictable twist did you guys not know how, how far in advance going in did you know what what the twist in the house was
0: immediately as soon as yeah, I, as soon as I saw the ritual as soon as I saw that guy I knew it wasn't him yeah I had an think it was going to be sort of a oh
2: no this is, a, this is the ironic turn of events
0: yes Because they get there, he does not have a scar, so he has not been given a transplant. And this guy's like, no, you can take my kidney, it's okay. And brother's like, it's not him. And then they realize that the kidney that was stolen from Jean-Claude that was going to go to Jean-Claude's brother's kid, that's actually his kid, was stolen to go to yet another kid. (laughs) And here's the cool thing, the part that done differently and with a better co-star. This could have been a very interesting scene. Gary Cole is all set to kill the kid, and Jean-Claude Van Damme says no. Unfortunately, Jean-Claude Van Damme muffles it so he sounds like the Swedish chef, and he comes across <laughs> just wimpy because ten minutes earlier, he's like, we're gonna kill him. And now he's like, no, no, don't do it, or excuse me. He's like, no, no, don't do it. and it's And yeah. it's just, a, it's a, once again, what could have been a fascinating character scene for one character is destroyed because of the interference of the main character
2: Yeah, no, uh, you, that's actually kind of an intense moment where the brother's just like you know what fuck this kid yes
3: and, yeah, and the thing, did it, did and the thing well. about they did they did set it up because um, when he has that crisis of faith and he says we can't just go kill this guy whoever he is and Jean-Claude says would you give your life for your daughter he says yes well would you give your soul for her and he kind of makes a decision okay I'm going to go to hell and I will do whatever is necessary to save her and John Claude at some point says, you know, says I kill, you know, I'm really good at killing people. And Gary Cole says, well, that must be hard. And he goes, no, it's actually, it's easy. It's living with it that's hard. And he kills, and it's it's all he kills a guy, John, uh, Gary Cole kills a guy inside the house with a shotgun, and he says you're right it is too easy and he doesn't say it like it's an action movie quip no he says it like
0: it that was not a schwarzenegger line at all
3: no and and so i I was kind of of, i was liking this character and then when you see him and he's willing to kill the kid i was a little surprised but not but it wasn't out of character because he just said i'm 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 already going to hell what difference does it make if i take this kid with me as long as it saves my daughter what i didn't buy was that von Dom suddenly yes grew grew scruples out of nowhere what what prompted his
0: his I I didn't get that. I completely agree. I didn't get it either. I did it. Once again, something that really just fucking pissed me off when I called shenanigans on. Although although even though I did call shenanigans, it was okay because it sets up the heart lifting finale. <laughs> the best uh, yeah. the <laughs> best part of the entire film. The moment that makes this entire experience worth it. Jean Claude Van Damme dies at the end. Yeah. Oh, and
2: was... the stupid in that as well.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, but Van Damme's slowly bleeding out. It says, "Oh no, it's fine. You can have my other kidney because I will, I will die, and you can have this kidney." Now, hang on, Dave. That's too like...
0: Schwarzenegger. Hengeschendy, vondy There you go. <laughs>
2: Yeah, sure. I, I, I'm sure that's perfectly fine and legal for just like yeah, if somebody walks into a hospital and drops dead from like a serious stab wound. Oh yeah. By the way, can we have this kidney?
0: I mean, yeah, he yeah. said I could have his kidney. Really, he did. That's a binding verbal contract. It's it's a finder's keepers thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm sure, sure the doctor's guy. Like, well, you know, fine
3: as he's here, I'd best go scrub up.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> what what I like before well, that that was so predictable that he was going to die. But what I, I like before that is you find out that. That uh, Von Dob has never met the little girl, but he says I love you in a really creepy way, and then the girl suddenly fixates on him. It got very, it was very strange. Oh, I love you too. It's like you've never met, but I, but I love how that the dad and and Von were like passing the dying girl back and forth in the hospital room like a hot potato. Yes. No, you hold her. No, you hold her. <laughs> no,
2: hold this. No, I don't want it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> hot daughter, it's hot daughter. Fun.
3: Yes, yeah, so so in this the end, John Clark. Per- quite-
0: oh my God! I just realized what this film is. This film is the motion picture version of My Two Dads. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but anyway, <laughs> no, no, that's, someone that's- has stolen Greg Evigan's kidney. <laughs> <laughs> you stole my joke, Dave. You get points. <laughs> the major the major transplanted, transplanted, and they to transplant it into a chimp Exactly.
3: Nice
2: That's no way to talk about Paul Riser. Oh.
3: <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, bring out. Oh so, uh, so this movie did have an ending I really loved though, because uh Von dies, gives his last remaining kidney to his niece, then Brother George buries him next to his cheating wife and hooks <laughs> up with Anna. The whore who set up the kidney theft in the first place. That
0: looks just uh, like, like his dead wife that he didn't... Okay, so that was her. Uh, uh, t- I wasn't sure at the end. I honest, I was like, I, I swear to God, guys, my thought at that last shot was, wait, did I, is that? Is that really? And I didn't want to rewind it, but I mean, that really was her.
2: But, yeah. but it's not just the fact that he, she looks like his dead wife. She looks like his dead wife, but 10 years younger. Yes. Yeah.
3: So, yeah, that's not creepy at oh, all anyway. <laughs> okay. And she and and like, like his dead wife, she also banged his brother. Yeah. <laughs> George is a creature of habit. Hey, yep. <laughs> well, at least what can you do?
0: Alright, I am going to be Time Nazi and it is time for the fascinating, irritating thing. Y'all know how this works. We each pick one fascinating and one irritating thing It's going to be hard to do in this case, about the film that we just came to. Dave, we're going to start with you.
2: Okay, fascinating thing, uh, I, I would say The Brother. If I, yeah, like, like we said, the, 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 if this Brother character had been the central character. If it if he'd been the focus of the film, I think there could have been something which, as you say, not wasn't necessarily good, but would have been a darn sight more interesting than what we actually got. Uh, irritating thing. Um... Van Damme <laughs> sort of for, for the same reason, it just felt like he'd elbowed his way into a different film. Mm-hmm. Sort of, sort of, in like a blazing saddles kind of way, you just sort of forward, yeah. Fallen, really, sort of like
0: <laughs> and this film did have a musical number in the bar, so there you go, yeah. <laughs> True. Scott. So, yeah, oh, sorry, go ahead.
3: Uh, okay, uh, fascinating thing. Uh, I think that this movie exists. Maybe it's the expendables effect, you know, 80s action heroes <laughs> in a in a movie trafficking in 80s action nostalgia, but this really, really felt like a I, like i was watching it, like a, a vhs tape i could have pulled off the shelf of my local suncoast video on any random this rainy friday have, night this
0: movie should have been produced by manahem golem and Yoram globus
3: yes exactly in other <laughs> words in other words it sucked um, <laughs> I, mean, I i spent i'm not kidding i spent most of the movie not watching the movie but watching the time code counter at the bottom of the screen I uh an hour and 13 minutes to go uh, an hour and two minutes to go. <laughs> it was a bit of a slog. Um, irritating thing. A couple things. Uh, it's not exactly John Wick. Uh, it's, not, it's not even sick John Wick. Um, every action scene in this so-called action movie is shot and edited like the cameraman was being attacked by bees. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um Oh, also, in the, the this just irritated the hell out of me every time I saw John claude Van Damme wears his sunglasses at night, just like Corey Hart, except he's, he's old. So I just felt like I was watching a bloody, adrenaline-charged action drama starring an elderly man who just got his eyes dilated at the optometrist.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay, um... Fascinating for me, really. I'm I'm gonna jump with Dave on this. When it was the brother, I, I really especially in that middle section, I really started to, you know, become fascinated by that character and I really wanted the film to be about him. And it just annoyed me that the film wasn't about him and the irritating for me, it was the fucking pretentious Miami, you know, um, Indonesian vice art school horse shit that was in the first 20 minutes and the last 20 minutes of the film. I just – it was unnecessary. They didn't even keep it going throughout the entire film. It was actually distracting to me. It didn't look cool. It was annoying. Bad director. Shame on you. Go away.
3: Uh, Just for the record, the actor who played George, the brother, is named – is a Canadian actor named John Ralston.
0: Okay, not Gary Cole. John Ralston, you were the best part of this movie. It's not saying much, but still, good job, man. Good job. Exactly. All right. Um. One last thing before we go for that. Well, actually, first off, I want to give a very, very, very special thank you to Monsieur Dave Probert for joining us on the Slumgullion. It's been a pleasure, Dave. It's been great talking to you again. Second,
2: Thank you very much for having me.
0: And, you know, the next time you want to suggest a movie, you are more than welcome to. That being said, if you suggest a movie, and this is not just for you, Dave, this is for um, everyone out there because we've had people suggesting movies, and we have done that, but um, we have an official statement that we would like to make. Uh, Scott, if you please.
3: All right. Two listeners, correspondents, Pearl Drops and her friend Deborah, challenge us to watch a movie by the redneck Roger Corman, the low-budget liver mush mogul Earl Owensby. So we suffered through the 1978 anti-classic Wolfman, which featured a cast of hee-haw rejects trying to pull off a hammer horror film which didn't work. It's kind of like a ball-peen hammer horror film. And (laughs) Jeff and I decided that there had to be some changes around here. We're not going to be pussies, and we're not going to decline future challenges. But we herewith declare the Pearl Drops and Deborah Doctrine. No Pazaran You shall not pass this far and no farther. If you challenge us to watch a movie with prior knowledge and malice of forethought that it's a piece of crap, then fine. But you are required to suffer through it with us. And that includes coming on the show to talk about it. No more free rides, people. Feel free to suggest, request, recommend movies for the Unknown Movie Challenge, but also beware.
0: That's right. We are done. Especially after first that and now this. Dave, it was fun, but still fuck you. <laughs> I'll just have (laughs) that. Well, actually, I'm gonna get the same thing if and when you finally watch Hercules, so it's all good. (laughs) Um, Ladies and gentlemen, that was the Slum Gullion. Join us in two weeks for our super special. Who is the most
3: racist Asian stereotype detective of the 1930s? Until later, later.